1: number two of Extra Point on this Wednesday, May 3rd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's reset the scene with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. We did have Harrison Fagan of Silver Screen and Roll join us in the last hour to talk all things Lakers in the series with the Warriors so if you missed that podcast over at kdos1060.com the question here which was more impressive during the Lakers game one win building the 14 point lead or regrouping after blowing the lead regrouping continues to lead the way but it's getting a little closer 71 percent of the vote on that side building the 14 point lead sitting at 29 percent
0: I think it'll be interesting to see uh, during that 14-0 run that the uh, Warriors had, they went small at that point of the game, and I think that was probably in large part because they were chasing points and didn't have much of an option, but to get small and you know, go for more, even more perimeter shooting at that point. Uh, but uh, it was effective, and you know, Kerr was asked after the uh, game in the post-game last night whether they might stick with that, and... Not surprisingly, he didn't tip his hand at all.
1: We'll answer that question around 1130. Still time for you to cast your vote over at KDOS1060.com. Over on Twitter at KDOSAM1060, you have Major League Baseball conversation. Bob caught up with Zach Kreiser, Yahoo Sports, in the 9 o'clock hour. And if you missed it, podcast, KDOS1060.com. The question here, do you believe in the first place Pittsburgh Pirates? We're officially out of our 50-50 split here as no is now leading the way. At 62.5% of the vote, yes, trailing at 37.5%.
0: I think the argument for was cert- is certainly that uh, this division isn't very good. Uh, the Cardinals are 10 and 20 in last place. And, you know, the Reds are, you know, maybe the, you know, they're a candidate for the, you know, the second worst team in baseball because there's only one worst team in baseball and that's in Oakland. <laughs> Everybody else is playing for second as far as the you know, being the second worst team. Uh, but, you know, the fact that uh, it's not a really a terribly challenging division, cubs are better but i don't know how good they are uh milwaukee is you know, for two years running had massive key injuries including this year woodruff looks like he might be not be pitching until after the all-star break uh so you know that, that that's uh you know it's not the most challenging division they're better but how good are they i don't know
1: We'll answer that question as well around 1130. 602 260-1060 is the number if you'd like to join the program today. We'll take your calls around 1115. So when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, the draft is in the rearview mirror. Rookie minicamps will begin next week. Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petzing, and Nick Rawls met the media yesterday. Some highlights I thought we could go through here. Uh, Gannon opened up the conversation with uh, that it was his first time in the draft room for the entire draft Uh, and he said he felt really good about how they came out of the draft and he was most pleased with character of the guys and that was important to get high character guys because high character guys typically hit their ceiling and help you win games as a team
0: yeah, not surprising. I mean, we heard Steve Keim for you know, X number of years talk about you know the importance of uh, you know basically drafting guys that were captains on their team, and the the Cardinals did that last week with a couple guys. Uh, so they have kind of continued that. Whether I don't think that was intentional, It just kind of happened, and uh, so forth. So you know, I wouldn't expect any coach or general manager to come in and say we got a bunch of. Guys that are running the streets, and we're not sure if they're going to be in our facility from day to day because they're running the streets. Uh, so, you know, they're, you know a high character guys. If you're not saying that the week after your draft, you've probably made a mistake to start with.
1: You know, character is certainly the term that gets thrown around a lot. I guess I've just never actually heard it be uh, – Coordinated with that means high character guys typically hit their ceiling. I mean, you would, you would kind of think that that would go in line. I guess I've just never heard a coach actually put those two thoughts together and, and like say it publicly.
0: Yeah, I would much prefer that you just have guys that have a ton of talent and hit their ceiling that way.
1: Other highlights here, of course, the first round selection for the Cardinals, Paris Johnson Jr. Gannon was asked about where Paris Johnson will start. To no surprise, pretty non-committal about that. Uh, we'll figure that out. He's obviously played outside and inside. We got to get him on the grass. That's apparently a phrase we're going to be hearing a lot from Jonathan Gannon about getting guys on the grass and see where he fits in with the other guys. Comfortable with what he's put on tape so far is his thoughts
0: very important he says uh, get the guys on the grass instead of just on grass so that, that's a good thing. Uh, it goes back to my 70s you know high school and college days I guess. Uh, I've got real questions of whether he's a left tackle in the NFL. I know he had some tremendous pass blocking numbers last year for Ohio State. They also didn't face very many good pass rushers in the big 10. They also have an offense where you know, they get rid of the ball rather quickly. Uh, so, uh, and, and they're, I heard on you know, both networks uh, last weekend uh, for more than one person that, uh, that there's, uh, there's people in the NFL that wonder whether he's a guard or a right tackle in the NFL
1: uh gannon then was also asked about the center position this kind of uh caught me by surprise like we are, like where we are at right now added Gaines, who has played center and a couple of free agents he also mentioned their current center who's getting the work right now uh Highjolt froholt and thank goodness he just calls him fro so that's where i'm gonna go i'm just gonna call him Fro.
0: Yeah, um, the UCLA dude is one of the smartest people in the entire draft, according to the testing process. So uh, he played pretty much every position at some point uh, at UCLA and uh, Chip Kelly's offense, which, quite frankly, is not the most diverse offense. But uh, if you can play, you know, center, guard, and tackle uh, at any you know, during a stretch of your college career, and he was there for five years at ucla i think that that's the versatility that was a big word we heard last week you know from austin fort uh, especially on uh, you know especially on friday and saturday uh that uh, you know that that seemed to be a big deal and i understand and i don't disagree with this uh versatility uh you know far as drafting players or even acquiring players no matter when it is i think is uh, very important
1: uh, the next thing that caught my attention here from the press conference yesterday, uh, and maybe we thought at the time when this happened, Kelvin Beecham being so outspoken about Kyler Murray and his leadership and his style and ingratiating himself at the locker room, that that kind of meant Kelvin Beecham wasn't coming back, that he was uh, kind of sounding off and, and, and letting the quarterback know what he thought about how he can improve moving forward. But Kelvin Beecham's back. So the question had to be asked again and about whether or not uh, Murray and Beecham are getting are good and if they've cleared the air and uh, Gannon was pretty short with his response absolutely 100% they have
0: yeah okay once again I don't know what he's supposed to say that they, they don't like each other or whatever so yeah, I think that's uh, kind of par for the course and you know, between the fact you have a first year coach I think a 10th year coach I think would say the same thing actually
1: now, the next thing here is that the Cardinals officially did not pick up the fifth-year option of Isaiah Simmons, so Gannon was asked about Isaiah Simmons, and he said here, quote, really comfortable with where we are at with him. He's very comfortable with it, and the option doesn't change how and what he goes about doing. He knows he has to play for us, and for him, really like where his mindset is at.
0: To me, this should be first on the list of importance. Uh, you know, he's been a uh, you know, huge disappointment. Nobody, and I'm probably nobody in America. Uh, let, let alone in Maricopa County. Talked up Simmons long before the Cardinals drafted him. I was talking about him during his final year here at Clemson. They played Ohio State in the bowl game here, and uh, you know, being an Ohio State fan, I was fearful that Simmons was going to make a game-turning play, which he did in that game. Uh, and But he's been a massive disappointment here. Hopefully, uh, Gannon can put him in better positions to make plays. Or maybe he's just not a good NFL player. I think I'm, at that, I'm at that point right now as far as Simmons goes.
1: Uh, I don't disagree with the part that, you know, what else is Gannon, Gannon going to say with that Isaiah Simmons is very comfortable with it. But I can't imagine that Simmons is very comfortable with his fifth-year option not being picked up.
0: Well, we can't be surprised, though, because he's done literally nothing to deserve that option being picked up at this point.
1: Uh, the next part here Gannon was asked about rookie minicamp he says uh, the goals here are to get them comfortable with how they operate so set the tone uh, what the what the standards are as a team and then again with his favorite quote here get them out on the grass and introduce techniques and schemes the other thing I thought was interesting here is that he had said in his previous time you know of course being a coordinator that very excited about getting getting the rookies in here getting to work with them and, and really just going at it but that he's Learned that there's a massive mental adjustment as well for them coming in. That they might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed with. Hey, I'm supposed to be learning new techniques. Hey, I'm supposed to be learning new ways of training. Uh, there's just kind of an adjustment period. So to slow down on throwing everything at them and to really just kind of go at at a nice pace.
0: That all makes sense. Uh- You know, there are, uh, you know, I don't think too many people that follow the NFL take anything in the offseason on the grass terribly seriously because it's, you know, basically, you know, guys in shorts. Um, So, you know, I don't really care what happens, quite frankly, as long as people stay healthy. That's the only thing that's important. Don't want to see any injuries, obviously. But until we get to, for me, preseason games, I I really don't give a damn what happens the next four months.
1: Uh, And so they'll be getting things started next week for rookie minicamp. On the other side, we'll take your calls 602-260-1060. If you'd like to join the program, we'll also get into the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, They lost to the Rangers yesterday. Zach Gallen got the start. We'll also get into uh, how things are going so far today. They have an early game with the rangers and uh, we'll also dive into much more around major league baseball but if you'd like to join the program you can 602-260-1060 we'll talk to you on the other side of the break it is the extra point bob Kemp, kayla Mortolaro, on this wednesday may 3rd here on kdos am 1060.
0: C-Sports Talk with former NFL and MLB player Ed Smith and co-host Javon Adams airs Saturday mornings 10 to noon on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome
1: back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, suggest you download the app sign up, take advantage of the listener rewards available to you on the KDOS 1060 app. The Arizona Diamondbacks will go back to last night in just a second, but the game is currently underway against the Rangers right now. It's nothing-nothing in the bottom of the first, but it's the debut, the Major League debut of Brandon Fatt. Uh, He started off really good, and now he does have one person on first base right now as he's trying to get out of this inning unscathed.
0: Uh, Brandon Fott started with uh, you know, two outs in the first three pitches. Him grounded out to short on the first pitch, and Jankowski on the third pitch flew out to the center. Uh, then he walked low on five pitches, and Garcia's currently in the plate. And I believe Garcia leads Major League Baseball and runs batted in, and he just flew out to center field.
1: Well, there we go. He's off to a good start uh, for his major league baseball debut in Triple A. So far this year, he was two and one with a 3.91 ERA, 25 and a half innings pitched, and 30 strikeouts. And obviously, this has been uh, much anticipated for Diamondbacks fans.
0: Yeah, I was actually uh, just th- during the break there trying to think when's the last time uh, we've had an anticipated uh, you know, major league debut for a pitcher like this, and. I'm coming up with blanks. Um, maybe there, it seemed like there's somebody obvious I should be remembering, but I'm not right now, but, uh, much, much highly anticipated and highly thought of as far as the fantasy baseball world, uh, to, you know, to repeat from earlier, uh, during the, uh, I don't remember if I said this, the sports zone or if I said it in the last hour, but anyway, uh, earlier today, um, The fantasy baseball world is desperately looking for starting pitching because it's been a real problem. Uh, And uh, the fantasy world is, uh, you know, there was a massive fab bidding for him when it was uh, anticipated that he was going to be starting at some point this week. Then there was a really brief stretch where we weren't sure if he was going to start this week because the Diamondbacks have two days off this week, which is a very unusual week for Major League Baseball teams.
1: Uh, going back to last night, the Diamondbacks did lose to the Rangers six to four. Zach Allen got the start, five innings pitched, seven hits, three runs, th- six strikeouts, ninety-four pitches, and his scoreless inning streak ended at twenty-eight innings as he did give up a run in that first inning. Uh, a little, we, we've come so accustomed to Zach Allen in his starts that uh, yesterday's start was a little indifferent for him.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think it's any criticism to Gallon here. I mean, the Rangers are really good offensive team. They have the most players in Major League Baseball, most hitters that have 20-plus runs batted in on any team uh, so far. They do a, a tremendous job, not necessarily in this first inning, but they do a tremendous job of making the pitcher work. And they certainly made Gallon work last night. He was in 90-plus pitches through five innings still. The Diamondbacks had the lead after Gallon left. He had seven, he gave up seven hits and three walks, and had six strikeouts to get through those five innings. But I don't know about some other people, but I've, I've pretty much had it with Scott McGuff, who was supposed to be a ground ball pitcher. He's given up some massive home runs, and I mean massive home runs. He gave up like a 400-foot home run to dead center field yesterday to Ezek, uh, to Zeke Duran, which put the Diamondbacks behind in that game. And uh, you know, for a guy that's a, you know, kind of supposed to be a ground ball pitcher, its a, I know he's got some okay, okay numbers, but he's, like I said, get, he's given up a couple of really important home runs and losses to them this season, and uh, he needs to do better. And they, their pitching staff, I think, right now, quite frankly, is at best highly questionable, whether it be the starting rotation or the bullpen.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what can you really do? There, i don't know that there is much you can do
0: well, i certainly have uh i'm not uh, familiar with all the minor leaguers but uh you know fott's up there now and uh you know they've already moved on from a couple of guys obviously bumgarner and it would have been interesting had the bumgarner still be on the diamondbacks team because bruce bocce is now the texas manager i'm sure that would have been kind of a not necessarily a circus, but it would have been a frequent topic of discussion of those two being in the same stadium again, uh, for the first time since Bumgarner left the Giants.
1: Other games today, you have the Phillies and the Dodgers. Aaron Nola, he's two and two, four point four six ERA, twenty eight strikeouts against Gavin Stone, but obviously for the Phillies, uh, the conversation is surrounding Bryce Harper.
0: Yeah, he came back last night. Probably not the best game. Uh, best game for him to return. Yeah, against Julio Urias, who's a really difficult uh, left-handed pitcher for left-handed hitters to uh, face. And uh, Harper struck out three of his four at-bats last night. Uh, the Phillies got crushed in that game. They're playing not well at all. They're, you know, 500 team roughly. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, the Phillies uh, – Needless to say, the fact that Harper's back after he had uh, Tommy John surgery in November, this is the fastest, at least according to MLB.com, the fastest that anybody, obviously pitchers, it's a whole different thing because he's DHing right now and not playing right field, but uh, the fastest that any Major League player has ever returned to play in a Major League game from Tommy John surgery.
1: Uh, then you also have the second game of the doubleheader today with Max Scherzer returning for the Mets. The Mets are at the Tigers. Uh, w- before he was suspended, 2-1, and one, 3.72 ERA, 17 strikeouts going up against Michael Lorenzen, 0-1, 7.07 ERA, and 15 strikeouts.
0: Now that's assuming they play the second game. They're playing the first game right now in Detroit, and there's also been weather problems already. Uh, so uh, you know the Mets have been a, a constant rainout issue here for several days. They did make it through a doubleheader on Monday, which was amazing in itself because part of that game was played with at least some kind of drizzle going on. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But the you know, Scherzer wasn't pitching well before he had the you know the, the latest sticky situation, so to speak, um, when he was uh, you, know, you know caught with the uh, the pine tar and. You know everything else that was going on in Yankee. Uh, that was actually in Dodger Stadium. I was actually when that was all going on, uh, the Dodgers broadcast. I was watching that game. They were actually interviewing Clayton Kershaw at the time they, from the dugout, and he was talking about how you know you know about the, the glove situation and what. It was just kind of an ironic thing that they were talking to him just at the time where all that the, the stuff hit the fan, uh, they... the pine tar hit the fan or whatever. <laughs>
1: the pirates at the rays so the pirates are part of our poll questions today and your rays are going up against each other the pirates sending out mitch keller who's three and oh uh 3.53 era 40 strikeouts on the season shane McClanahan for the rays who's five and zero, two point one two 2.12 era and 42 strikeouts should be a good contest
0: yeah McClanahan obviously is really good and he's the rays ace these days and uh, you know he was uh, their best starting pitcher last season the Rays are running out of pitchers, unfortunately. Uh, they had to go the opener route last night, and they were the ones that actually kind of invented the opener a few years ago out of totally necessity because they were out of pitchers then. Then they actually, you know, they they the, the intention this year, and they started this season with five real starting pitchers, uh, but unfortunately, that is uh, kind of uh, evaporated rather quickly. Uh, with the uh, the unfortunate Tommy John surgery now for, you know, for Springs. And, you know, Jeffrey Springs was off to a a tremendous start. He's obviously not going to be even starting next season at this point. And now they're without their closer, Pete Fairbanks, for a little while. He went on the injured list earlier this week.
1: Uh, Then you have the Braves and the Marlins. Kyle Wright, 0-1, 4.86 ERA, 17 strikeouts. Braxton Garrett, 1-0, 2.45 ERA, and 19 strikeouts.
0: The Braves became the latest team to beat last year's Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, they beat him last night, and Alcantara, who's had some arm injuries, yeah, he's pitched the most innings in baseball over the last two years. Uh, maybe there's something to this, uh, but uh, he's, only, he's not made it past six innings in like his last four or five starts at this point.
1: The Blue Jays and the Red Sox, Alec Manoa, 1-1, and 4.88 ERA, 28 strikeouts. Up against Nick Pavetta, 1-2, and 5.11 ERA, 28 strikeouts. But, Bob, how are the Red Sox winning games?
0: Beats me. I'm the wrong person to ask, and I wish you'd quit asking me. I wish everybody would quit asking me about the Red Sox because that's the only team – I only bet one season win total the entire year. is was the Red Sox under. Alex Cora is the reason why they're winning games, Or one of the biggest reasons. He's a tremendous manager. This matchup is interesting, and I don't really know the details of this, but I was watching the uh, Alana Rizzo show, which uh, is high heat, and you know, Christopher Russo is like the host, except he doesn't show up on Wednesday because he's doing the ESPN thing. Uh, with Stephen A. Smith, which I can never listen to that. There's no chance I'm watching that show because they just scream over each other. I haven't even listened to it and I'm sure they're just screaming over each other. But anyway, uh they uh, she mentioned this morning uh that there's some kind of issue between Manoa who is a high strung dude and also uh you know Ferdugo who's from Sunnyside high school back in the day in Tucson. And uh, they have some kind of uh, thing going on between them, and they've uh, been vocal in the media. Like I said, I don't know all the details there, but uh, if he throws a high inside pitch to Verdugo, I don't know if that means there's going to be you know, a rumble in the mound or how that goes. I wouldn't personally rumble, want to rumble with you know, Manoa, who's a big dude, but uh, Verdugo's kind of – he's got a little crazy streak to him, so what the heck.
1: When it comes to the NL West here, the Dodgers are now out in front uh, 18 and 13, the Diamondbacks 16 and 14, and the Padres 16 and 15. So as we sit here on May 3rd, the question is, uh, what do you think about the Dodgers? What do you think about the Padres? Certainly the expectations for the Padres heading into the season, just a little bit of a slow start or cause for concern?
0: Um, I don't really have an answer either way on that. I mean, I, I don't think anything differently of uh, the Dodgers and the Padres than I did before this season started. Uh, the Padres were the better team, and really, I mean, I'm 20 games, 25 games, or wherever we're at in the season. I'm not changing my mind on that. Uh, I also think that uh, you know the Padres, their offense is certainly off to a horrendous start. Throw out the Mexico City fiasco from last weekend. Uh, but uh, that's a surprise. The Dodgers are just kind of a, you know, they, I, I actually uh, Zach Kreiser we had on from Yahoo Sports in the sports zone today, and he mentioned in the star and scrubs approach. That's kind of a fantasy baseball approach in many cases. But, yeah, you know, they've got some studs and they've got some non-studs. And they've got a couple of prospects. Vargas comes to mind, who they expected to be stepping up in, becoming more than just a top prospect and he's been uh, somewhat disappointing so far this year and the dodgers still haven't had their entire team intact and uh, you know now they have you know jd martinez and unfortunately i don't think he's on the injured list maybe i missed it maybe he went on the injured list yesterday but he's going to miss a few days he's already missed a couple of days at least so they haven't had their team intact and for the first time in a long time i think the dodgers to be you know you know as good as they have been certainly they need their team intact you know they've gotten by with guys coming and going and uh, either injury wise trade wise whatever wise uh, they've been able to get away with that for quite a few years with the exception of the one year where the Giants won 107 games
1: oh it just looks like Brandon Fat gave up a home run I uh, don't know who oh. was at the plate
0: a very deep home run, in fact. I just looked up and saw that while you were exactly saying that. <laughs> so um, that was, uh, oh, Jonah Heim, who's a you know, tremendous power-hitting catcher. He uh, just uh, displayed the power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, that's a... right
0: center field. Right center field in a ballpark where it's not easy to hit home runs.
1: And that uh, is coming in the bottom of the second. There is one out. The Rangers are now on top one nothing of the Diamondbacks as Fad is making his Major League Baseball debut. On the other side of the break, we'll get into poll questions. Still time for you to cast your vote, kdos1060.com, as well as on Twitter at kdosam1060. We'll answer them next. It is The Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you.
0: downloaded the kdus am 1060 skill for alexa yet dude
1: alexa is frustrated no matter how many times do you ask the answer is male chicken
0: once you're ready say alexa open kdus am 1060 to listen to your favorite shows
1: back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. That was able to get out of that inning thanks to throwing Tavares out at second. You are uh, yeah, monitoring. A
0: Herrera, what- Her- Herrera, nice. you know. We've all watched you know, Marino throw out uh, runners and I think marino has got a really good arm. I'm not sure about his receiving skills sometimes, but Herrera, small sample size, obviously he's a backup catcher, and you're not going to see a ton of backup catchers on a regular basis, but it looks like he's got some significant catching skills.
1: Poll question time, as we typically do. We'll toss it on over to the KDOS1060.com poll question. The question, which was more impressive during the Lakers' Game 1 win, building the 14-point lead or regrouping after blowing the lead? They, of course, beat the Warriors last night to take a 1-0 series lead.
0: I'm going with uh, you know regrouping uh, is where, how I'm going to go on this. Yeah, you know, the uh the building of the fort I wasn't I was surprised they were up fourteen. I actually liked the Lakers going into the game. I just thought it was a, a good spot for them. Obviously the Warriors coming off of the of the series that concluded Sunday against the Kings and you know, they were extended seven games and that was a yeah, you know, even for the Warriors, the experienced Warriors, I think that was a quite quite a an emotional experience for them. The roller coaster of blowing game six at home. And then actually winning the final two games of that series at Sacramento, so I thought that was a good spot for the Lakers uh, last night. I was on the Lakers last night, uh, four and a half or five, I think. You know, I think I got five, whichever. But uh, so uh, they, uh, them coming back after they blew that lead, and you know, after they after they gave up 14 straight. Uh, it was 112-112, and then they uh, outscored them. Uh, they outscored the uh, the Warriors the rest of the game, 5-0. To me, to me that was more, that was more impressive than actually building the big lead.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the regrouping side of things here, uh, especially since they're on the road. And when you're when you give up a 14-0 run to the Warriors, that building gets absolutely rocking, completely insane. And to be able to quiet them in those particular moments and uh, go ahead and get the victory and as 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 you mentioned, hold them unable to score. However, I will say this they kind of got lucky in a sense as well because why was LeBron shooting a three with 20 seconds left on the clock there was still time on the shot clock as well that was kind of a little surprising that he would make that type of play in that moment which then obviously on the other side of the ball uh, Jordan Poole did have quite an open look maybe he could have dribbled a little closer because he took it from like 30 33 feet out or whatever but in the end I would say that just the way that the the Warriors can kind of steamroll right over you when they're at home as well it can take you out of your rhythm game on the line etc you kind of start to speed up your your own internal clock your own internal process so to be able to regroup and get that win I think is what was most impressive
0: yeah I'll add one more thing about that LeBron shot he was out of gas uh so yeah, you know, I just think that he's he wasn't going to be able to physically beeline it to the basket at that point like he did in the game against Memphis where he had the game tying field goal that got him into overtime.
1: I, I will say this, though, that it, it, Darvin Ham certainly seemed to go for the win in game one, knowing how important it was. You know, Anthony Davis called it a, a must win game uh, to be able to to take advantage of the rest that they had he said all right we're playing you guys like anthony davis ended up playing that entire second half we have to get this win uh, to take it at least tied up 1-1 home to la
0: yeah that's the way he should have gone about that and I think that's the way that monty williams should have gone about monday night and he didn't and uh, you know the Suns were still winning uh, when chris paul went down with the injury but uh I don't think that these playoffs have been uh, Monty Williams's greatest coaching achievement so far.
1: I'm sure we'll be getting into this much more throughout the week as they do play again on Friday. Uh, The masses regrouping after blowing the lead 75% of the vote, building the 14 point lead at 25%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question on Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Do you believe in the first place Pittsburgh Pirates? uh, Believe in, I don't know, it's it's May 3rd. There's still plenty of time left to go in the season to see where things unfold. Uh, So, Certainly, it's been fun to be able to say that the Pittsburgh Pirates are on top. The division is not really overly stout. The Cardinals are are really struggling here. Uh, I also think if you look at their schedule uh, at this point in time, who's the best win that they've had? The Dodgers. So as the schedule also toughens up, it'll be interesting to see how they can uh, continue at this pace
0: yeah i i agree uh even though i'm not sure how much their schedule is going to toughen up i'm not sure they play who they play in the you know the interleague games this year but uh they're in baseball's i think if they're not if they're not the baseball if if the nl central is not baseball's worst division it's the second worst uh so it's not going to be like they're you know going through the, the the greatest division in the history of major league baseball like maybe the American League East in some of these recent years. So that's a good thing. Uh, I do think that it's interesting that, you know, O'Neal Cruz, who, you know, stat casts darling and, you know, makes all these spectacular highlight plays and so forth, uh, was injured early in the season and unfortunately, you know, broke his leg and he's not going to be out. Uh, he's going to make not going to be back until after the All-Star break. But it's not surprising to me, but it's seemingly interesting because some people are now shocked that they're much better defensively when he's not playing.
1: Uh, The masses are on the no side of things at 66.7% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 33.3%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. But looking at the division in the NL Central, they're sitting atop at 20 and 10. Then you have the Brewers at 18 and 11, Cubs at 15 and 14, Reds 13 and 17, and the Cardinals pulling up the rear at 10 and 20. Uh, So for you, when you look at the division, though, would you expect the challenge to come from the Brewers?
0: Well, I would, except uh, for a second straight year, they are just uh, being decimated by injuries and not just injuries, but injuries to key players. I even wondered out loud on this show a few times last year and I wondered out loud when I was on my own medical leave. What the hell is going on with their medical staff? And uh, unfortunately, they've had more problems this year. And whether it's just a coincidence or, you know, whatever, but you know, Brandon Woodruff, uh, one of their stud starting pitchers, he's out until after the All-Star break already. They've had some guys in and out of the lineup, uh, not on a long-term basis, but, uh, you know, it's, they can't stay healthy. Uh, I think the Cubs are an interesting team. I really like their defense, as I mentioned, uh, their improved defense, I have I mentioned that before the season started. I actually like their position players. I don't trust their pitching staff staying healthy long-term. The Cardinals are a dysfunctional mess right now, and the Reds are a candidate to be the second-worst team in baseball.
1: Uh, yeah, there was a lot of people that felt the Cubs could easily get over their win total this year.
0: I was not one of them. Um, I, I, I actually, I considered betting the Cubs under the win total, but I guess I'm, to this point, lucky I didn't do that.
1: When it comes to the Diamondbacks and the Rangers game, top of the third, two outs, uh, the Rangers still on top, one nothing. After Fat had given up the solo home run, there is one person on base though for the uh, Diamondbacks. Is uh, Gurriel is up at the plate? So we'll continue uh, to monitor how the Diamondbacks are doing in this. 2 game series against the rangers this morning one nothing is the score on the other side of the break though we'll wrap up this edition of extra points this wednesday may 3rd edition bob Kemp, kayla mortellaro with you as we typically do mondays wednesdays thursdays and fridays and as always follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports make sure you're downloading the app register and take advantage of the listener rewards available to you one final segment to go right here on kdos am 1060
0: James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KTUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app.
1: Segment of today's Extra Point, this Wednesday, May 3rd edition, right here on KDOS AM 1060, as always online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Before we toss it over to you, Bob, for thank you time, the Diamondbacks have taken the lead here. Heaney giving up a couple of walks, Christian Walker taking him deep. It's now 3-1 Diamondbacks in the top of the third with still two outs. Uh, Well, it looks like now there's a ground ball, and so they'll be heading into the bottom of the third. But the Diamondbacks are now on top, 3-1 over the
0: Rangers. Walker off to a really good start this season. Heaney's had a home run issue throughout a lot of his career, especially to right-handed hitters. And he just uh, just, wasn't – I'm not sure what the velo was on that fastball, but – it was not hard for Walker to turn on that pitch and hit the three-round homer down the left field line.
1: 376 feet for Walker there, as you mentioned, down the left field line. But now I'll turn it over to you, Bob, for thank you time.
0: All right. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else sip through the cracks. Also our guest today, uh, we talked MLB baseball in the hour number one and I'm a, I'm a, that computer is going wacky on me here uh he was
1: zach kreiser from yahoo sports
0: that would be zach kreiser that's true and then also we talked lakers uh in this uh particular hour and like i said my computer has just gone completely on the harrison
1: Frazier. Uh, harrison fagan excuse fagan. me was silver screen right. and roll
0: I remember that. Uh, but uh, And because of that, I don't have any email right now. So Kayla is going to tell us uh, who the sound is courtesy of today and then tell us what's coming up next.
1: All right. Uh, sound courtesy today, TNT, KDKA, Bally Sports Arizona, and NBC. Upcoming here. On the station is uh, SportsMap Radio Network from noon to one o'clock, followed by the Doug Gottlieb show from one to three, the Rich Eisen show from three to five, the SportsU with Dave rooster Bierstein from five to six. In addition to that, dugout shatter tonight, 7 p.m. ahead of ASU baseball's three-game series versus Stanford. Pivotal series here for the Sun Devils. Stanford leads the Pac-12, 28 13-0 and 15-6 in conference play. ASU just behind at 29 and 15, 14 and 6 in conference play in Oregon, nipping at their heels 30 and 14, 13 and 8 in Pac-12 play, but pitching uh suddenly a little bit of an issue here for ASU. The comeback kids are going to have to keep keep at it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your viewpoint, uh I saw a thing the other day that the Pac-12, the RPI for the conference is as low as it's been in several years, but uh Hopefully ASU can take advantage of the opportunity.
1: Uh, You also had here, I I don't remember a time that this has happened, but when we were talking about it in February, about whether or not this was going to be the highest rated Super Bowl ever, and it came up just a little bit short. Well, apparently, Nielsen is refining its viewership, and Super Bowl 57 actually averaged 115.1 million viewers on Fox, Fox Deportes, and digital platforms, and it now becomes the most viewed TV program in American history. So uh, once again, football continues to be king, but basketball and what's been going on so far in the first round of the playoffs is doing really well. TNT had its most first round watched NBA playoffs in the last five years, averaging 3.5 million in these playoffs so far. Uh, That probably keeps in line with how some of these contests have been pretty good.
0: That's true. And certainly last weekend, they were, you know, I don't know what the ratings were last weekend. But uh, the fact that uh, a lot of the East Coast was just horrendous weather and people weren't outside running around like they normally would be, say, at the uh, end of April and uh, the start of May.
1: Uh, then you also had the 76ers and the Celtics uh, on Monday, 4.7 million viewers, and Suns and Nuggets, 4.5 million. Now, sticking with the NBA, I have to get your opinion on this. Uh, Dylan Brooks was in a contract year with the Memphis Grizzlies. Then it came out that there was like even a statement that came out that under no circumstances, under any circumstances, will Dylan Brooks be brought back to the Grizzlies. Uh, so is there a place in the NBA for Dylan Brooks?
0: oh yeah well, there'll be plenty of places for him i'm sure that would not be an issue uh now you know, his agent's trying to do the reclamation project and say that they were offered a contract by the grizzlies and so forth so it's the uh he said he said obviously he's not going to be back with memphis but th- there's zero chance that he's going to be out of the nba uh, unless he does something off the floor
1: <laughs> i had also seen that in addition to whatever was going on with him antagonizing lebron james and, and the lakers and things of that nature that he also uh there was a quote that he wants his role to expand that he's been asked to be a three and d guy and that he's so much more than that and obviously how the grizzlies are constructed i don't know that they they want that from him
0: yeah, well, you know, the, the Grizzlies obviously put up with a whole lot from John Morant this year, and uh, interestingly enough, they they don't want any part of Dylan Brooks.
1: They have put up a lot with a lot, and that's an interesting thing uh Situation in and of itself. Other things that have caught my attention, Jimmy Patero of ESPN said, quote, we're going to get to a point where we uh, take our entire network, our flagship programming, and make it available direct to consumer. Uh, That's not a when, that's an if. uh, I'm sorry, that's a when, not an if. We're only going to do it when it makes sense for our business and for our bottom line. So uh, it's looking like things are certainly changing the landscape uh, of how Things are being consumed. But then you also have here locally with the, the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury moving away from Bally Sports Arizona and striking up a deal uh, to bring it over the air network. I did see that Bally Sports Arizona or Bally Sports and their parent company has now put in a lawsuit about breach of contract, So not everything is quite yet done with the local RSNs and how we'll be eventually getting and consuming those products, at least on the NBA side, uh, for a little
0: while i've been saying this for at least a decade now it's only a matter of time until we're paying for everything it's going to be pay-per-view for everything
1: the diamondbacks are leading the way here three to one in the bottom of the third with uh fought Having two outs, he does have a runner, though, on second base. So we'll see how his Major League Baseball debuts as, as this continues to unfold. Thanks for listening to The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Back with you tomorrow with The Sports Zone starting at 9 a.m.